1: Say What is the radio program of Protect Our Kids, which seeks to inform and equip concerned citizens about the looming crisis in American education. So listen in as your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr. unpack the issues and organizations affecting our children. And now here's your hosts, Mark Schneider and George Roska Jr.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm George Roscoe. And I'm Mark Schneider. And we want to welcome you to today's episode 64 of Say What, where we talk about the threats to our children in the public school system, including the introduction of queer theory. That's
3: right, George. You know, June is, of course, Pride Month, where all LGBTQ plus ideology is being promoted and celebrated across the nation, including its schools and including the destructive lie of queer theory theory which George begs the question what is queer theory i know you've uh, taken a hard look at this
2: yes and parents uh, we apologize this is going to be one of those very dry episodes but we really need you to give us 20 minutes of your time yeah. here uh, to really understand uh, the the academic stance of queer theory and and how it's being taught in uh, in higher you know education Because what used to be just, you know, a a critical social theory uh, in colleges around the country uh, has made its way into the public school system, into broader culture. Um, And um, we don't hear people talk about this much. So we're going to try to introduce it, give it some justice with, uh, you know, by by really addressing its core claims. But at the same time, like I said, it, it is dry. Um, and please listen to it. And here's why because next week's episode, we're actually going to get into the examples yeah. of how this is being taught or where it's being taught or the curriculums out there and how it, it's made its way into public schools all across the country.
3: So I expect that this is derived from higher academia and has filtered its way down into the K-12 through public education system. But George, George, what is it? What is queer theory? How do you define it?
2: All right. So let, let me just kind of frame the conversation here so that way as parents listen to us, uh, they won't get kind of lost. But ultimately, there's three things that I, I want us to really understand about queer theory. Number one, there's this idea of normal or because, you know, academics try to create new words, normativity. Mm -hmm. So you're going to hear the word normativity a lot. Uh, And that's just because they want to remove any sense of, uh, of an idea of deviance or taboo. These people are... They want to remove those concepts. They want to remove those concepts. There is nothing that's taboo. But what's interesting, and we're gonna—I'm gonna repeat myself over and over in these kind of uh, uh, illogical checkmates. It's taboo to have a taboo. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, parents, you're gonna catch on to this because I'm gonna be repeating myself uh, on these illogical uh, checkmates. Uh, number two, identity. So. Queer theory not only deals with normalcy or normativity, but it also deals with identity. And it, it has its own doctrines, right? Um, so the only constant is change. So the queer identity is a fluid identity. Mm. Uh, so that's number two. Uh, and, and number three, there are many other things, but I just chose these as kind of my top three things to understand queer theory is power, so if normal or normativity or normalcy, uh, is, is, is not there, it needs to always change. If identity is always fluid because it cannot be normal, and so change is the only constant. It, under power, queer theory tells us that, well, we have a problem by, you know, society historically has always created binaries. And binaries regress into hierarchy. Therefore, it's oppressive. Therefore, you have to change it. That cannot be the normal.
3: There's always an oppressive component to just about everything that P.O.K. covers in in this lexicon, uh, starting with sex and gender theory, critical race theory, even social and emotional learning. They all view the world uh, through this filter of victimhood, which pits one group against another group. And uh, yeah, it's just interesting. So queer theory is part and parcel of that same concept.
2: It definitely is. And so the last thing under power here is a kind of a, a sub doctrine of it is that because binary creates hierarchy, therefore creating oppression, you have to liberate people. Of course. And that liberation, um, aspect, uh, basically they call out for a, you know, compulsory activism. You have to become an activist to free people of, uh, this, this power struggle.
3: What if I don't want to be liberated from, uh, from, from my worldview? What, what happens to me?
2: Then you are what they would probably call, uh, you know, heteronormative, uh, and that's evil. Uh, you got to understand that you are just a social construct, uh, so you need to change your identity and just be fluid. So, again, there are a lot of illogical uh, falsities in, in all of this. Um, real quick history lesson, where did this kind of come about? So the three most influ- influential early queer theorists um, are Judith Butler, Gail Rubin, uh, and Eve Kosofsky-Sedgwick. And really, the term queer theory uh, dates back to 1990, when an Italian feminist and film theorist, uh, Teresa Dell'Artis, coined the term for a conference and the special issue of a feminist journal on its themes. But really, they all, all of these major queer theorists have really started and based their work on a French postmodernist named uh, Michael I hope I pronounce his name right. Uh, Foucault. 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 Yeah. So you don't. That's pronounce a Michel keys. Foucault. Okay. And, and so the the history he wrote this book called The History of Sexuality uh, back in 1980. Yeah. And so kind of it, the, the the queer theorist simmered on his works for well over a decade, and then in the 90s they came out with uh, with with their theory. So uh, I'm going to try to quickly here define queer theory. Um and a a lot of what I use here has come out of the University of Massachusetts, which Massachusetts is very very liberal um and then also from James Lindsay, hmm. who many of you guys we've introduced you to him before he's uh he he's not a christian he's an i guess an atheist agnostic um but has done a lot of research on this topic uh, and especially just into the critical social theories. So queer theory critically examines the way power works to institutionalize and legitimate certain forms and expressions of sexuality and gender while stigmatizing others. So queer theory emerged out of the LGBT movement but here's one huge distinction whereas lgbt studies seek to analyze lgbt people as stable identities this is where queer theory takes it to like this you know uh crazy extreme queer theory actually challenges stable identities and say they're problematic you cannot have any rigid identity categories so and-
3: being being lesbian gay Somewhere in the binary spectrum, or transgender, is considered by queer theory to be a stable identity.
2: Correct. Wow. Okay. Yes. So say what? <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is really crazy, and and so this is actually w- what many people are probably going to have a hard time as they go in and study queer theory. Is then they have to ask, well, how in the world then are queer theorists part of the LGBT movement? Yeah, and what? I've come to realize is there's there's subcultures here in this movement. We've always been maybe conditioned to think that the LGBT movement is monolithic, but it is not. It is actually very splintered, uh, and we haven't understood it well enough to know how to attack its weak spots and splinter them so that way they kind of uh, dissolve this false unity that they have. Mm. So maybe this is an idea that POK can work on. But, um, you know, queer theory is often considered the deconstruction of LGBT studies. <laughs> this is yeah, this is crazy. I mean, this is from the University of Massachusetts uh, coming straight out of uh, their their queer theory 101 course. Um I downloaded their their syllabus. It was actually a, a you know a 10-page syllabi. It was really well detailed and put together by this professor. Um and so that some of this stuff is coming straight out of there. Um, George uh,
3: before you get too far into this, is this a course of instruction at universities now? Queer yes. theory?
2: Oh yes. Can
3: you, is this something you can major in in some universities?
2: I I think it's part of their gender studies major. Yeah. So yeah, and and I I it's probably did,
3: not just at private schools. Oh, also,
2: no. no, I I so did our a queer, tax
3: dollars are going to pay for this kind.
2: This of... This is in public schools. Yeah, in public uh, schools. Let's just say for now, um, in in the universities, public universities. So queer theory follows and expands on feminist theory, um, and then there is also a huge key relationship between queer theory and other social theories. Because all of these theories critique power, privilege, and normativity. Um, and so w- one of the very interesting things is that queer theory, uh, is somehow related to like critical race theory, transgender studies, feminist theory, disability studies. Um, but queer theory is opposed to a lot of the ways that those theories, um, actually, you know, what they actually believe in. And we'll talk a little bit about how it differentiates itself from critical race theory, Mm -hmm. uh, because queer theorists do not agree with how critical race theorists posit, uh, their stances. So, um, so then what is the natural conclusion of, of queer theory? Well, there is a, basically a perpetual, never ending war against normalcy. And this is where it becomes problematic because, By seeking to have a ground on which to, you know, evangelize and proselytize their views, they constantly undercut their own ground. Yeah. Because that's what you have to do.
3: Because it's normal to be abnormal. So it becomes a vicious, illogical cycle. Correct. Whatever you take on as your, your, your latest theory that you're propounding itself becomes normalized after a time. Correct. Which it goes against your your very identity if you're into queer theory.
2: Yeah. So then the question becomes, why do they think that way? And what, what I've understood from from their writings is they think that way because they believe that our sex, our gen our, our gender, our sexuality is a social construct and it comes So for example, me at my age right now, over my life experience, I've constructed my own identity in terms of sexuality and gender and 30 years from now i've accumulated more knowledge i've come into contact with more ideas so i should have continued i'm using this world word loosely evolving but what they mean is i should have deconstructed my old, whatever I am now, and 30 years from now, I should really have a new gender identity and, and sexuality identity because we're constantly learning. So that's why for them, this state of normalcy is almost warranted because we're never going to be the same people. We're always evolving in our understanding.
3: So what, what do the queer theorists have to say to people that claim that they were born into the wrong gender and they need to transition?
2: The queer theorists would have to say that that is a false premise.
3: So they would urge people not to transition or to remain fluid in their, in their identity.
2: See, what they would say is that the, the, the premise that you mentioned born in the wrong body, that's wrong. Your desire to transition, that's honorable. Interesting. Nonsensical, but interesting. Correct. So, so then let's talk a little bit about how queer theory and and identity, um, you know, really work hand in hand. So so one theoretical strategy relies on an insistence on the social construction of gender and sexuality. So theories of social construction claim that human identities are not inherent or essential, but rather emerge out of social relationships and discourse. So Butler, in her work in 1990, she understands gender as produced through rep- repetitive practices of personal and social practices. So in other words, one's gender does not exist a priori discourse, but instead is constructed by characteristics and experiences. So really at the base of social constructionist theories is this assumption that since identities are constructed, they can always be deconstructed or constructed otherwise. So the,
3: where is the component of reality to this? What? Why should we pay any attention to this at all? It, it, it sounds to me like it's just utterly subjective. It's your lived experience, whatever you're feeling at the time you're feeling it determines your identity, but don't get too far into it because it could change over time with new lived experiences.
2: Correct. So to me... Um, what, what I understand from these queer theorists is they are actually the true postmodernists. Postmodernism has, has always struggled for a root in society in a very major way because of its agnosticism, because of you feel what you feel, you know, it, it it's really the ultimate never ending, you know, there are seven billion truths out there, one for every person, right? Um, so queer theorists actually adopt postmodernism to its, you know, to its infinite end. Um, and so, yeah, there there is going to be a never ending, um, not necessarily search for truth, but never ending, uh, quantities or variations of truth. So, George, how much
3: influence has this had in, um, I I guess, in identity circles? The people that that study this—is this a a big campaign on college campuses? I mean, uh, are are lots of students taking these courses? And how? Maybe this is something we're going to talk about in the next um, in our in our next version. But is this something that has taken root in the K through twelve public school system?
2: Yes and yes. In the universities, what I've seen is that this has become very popularized in the 90s. And then in the public schools, I have found very, very clear evidence from the early 2000s that that this is already being uh, thrown out there. So one final thing, Mark, on this queer theory and identity is I want to point out the distinction of queer theorists Mm -hmm. versus, versus critical race theorists. because. Under queer theory, the very essence of gender fluidity, you know, is gender fluidity is the only identity you can have. You can't have an L, a G, a B, a T, a you know, a, a whatever else, you know, a two-spirit. The only true identity is fluidity. Yeah Now, how do you transfer <clears throat> that same principle from queer theory? to critical race theory, when critical race theorists say there is no thing as transracial. You can't be race fluid, right? That's very interesting. And that's where you see this uh, unholy marriage between queer theorists and critical race theorists. And they really don't talk about that you know, with each other. How can they?
3: Because there's cognitive dissonance there. there.
2: There is, but still, somehow, they've learned to work together on this LGBT front yeah. so masterfully and powerfully. And I think we need to exploit some of these differences to get them to start infighting and splintering.
3: So, all the labels that we currently have LGBT, even Two Spirit, um, um, uh, I can't even remember all of them. There, there are so many of them. The queer theorists are saying none of these labels really apply.
2: They the, don't apply because they they are stable, and number two, they become normal, and nothing can become normal. Okay. So
3: you're constantly in the in the state of fluidity, where, where you, the definitions in your self identity are always changing.
2: Correct. Okay. So th- this is where it becomes really crazy. Cause I remember Mark, you know, four years ago when I first read my parent handbook from our school district, yeah. I had never read it until then. And I was reading the bathroom policy. And here in California, I think it was in 2013 when the bathroom bill got passed um, by governor Jerry Brown. And basically the policy is written in such a way that. Any boy or girl can go into any restroom of their choice on any given day. They do not have to have certainty in their identity to say, okay, well, now I'm a girl. So, you know, for this school year, I'm going to go into the girl's restroom. Right. right. Um, the policy was written in such a way where it actually believes in queer theory, it allows for this infinite gender fluidity and change. And therefore, uh, a, an administrator or a teacher cannot question a child going back and forth, back and forth.
3: So, George, my question is: in 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 the queer theorist lexicon, does the term gender even really apply anymore? It, because gender, when you think about it, you know, it's the expression of how you feel. You're your, your sex is, however you, you apply yeah. your, your sexual orientation and how others perceive you and how you want to be perceived. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like you're saying none of those current labels apply. So, and if that's the case, does the term gender itself, is it meaningful?
2: So what I would say is that gender doesn't, gender applies, it still does, however, because gender is constantly fluid, all that they are against is anything stable. So, for example, you could call yourself today a, a gay person, but if you are going to, you know, debate with a queer theorist that you've been gay all of your life, you were born this way, they would debate that with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so, a queer theorist would expect that, you know, three years from now, when they meet you, you are no longer gay, but you might be bisexual this time.
3: So I guess if you're having a dialogue with another queer theorist you you might say something like well today I feel like I'm leaning male bingo but tomorrow you know that 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 may change mm-hmm. so you you can't put any uh, teeth in your self identity knowing that it's you're you're expected to change over
2: time and and I guess the last thing I'll say mark is because queer theory is so so stupid, so out there, so crazy, so loony it 's sometimes hard for us to be able to know what how to you know debate with them yeah. how, how to you know create counter arguments, but you know at, at its core i 'm just hoping right now, as we get to the end, that parents understand queer theory brings along this idea of of normativity normalcy, and that 's not good. Uh, deviances and taboos do not exist. So it's just creating a new normal where the new normal is a constant change. Identity, it must be fluid. And power, it must be dealt with because binaries create hierarchies which in turn create oppression which then calls for liberation. And therefore a queer theorist is in a constant state of uh, activism in order to liberate people from what they're being oppressed and what they are being oppressed is by their normalcy.
3: Well, George, thank you for looking into this. This is really valuable material. I know we're going to be talking about, about this more uh, next week or we're going to actually start to apply uh, queer theory in uh, in the public realm and see how it's affecting society. But in the meantime, um, we encourage you to go to our website, protectourkidsnow.org, uh, and take a look at all the resources there. One of the things that you will find um, are some of our newest videos. In fact, uh, we just published our newest video, What is the Triple Threat? And we've done so in several different languages. Uh, currently, we, we have it in Korean. Um, and we also have it in Spanish as well as English. And the other video that we've recently released, uh, is one that George, uh, Roska has done, and that is what is social and emotional learning. So these are each, uh, anywhere from eight to 10 minutes long. Um, they're, I, I think they're, They're really it's really valuable information. So please make sure you look at that information, uh, share it with other people that that you know, your friends and neighbors, and get the word out about what's happening to our kids in the public school system. And uh, we will see you next week on Say What?